Welcome to today's episode of ICRA Exclusive, a podcast by Remodel Health. We're here to guide you through the complex world of health insurance and tell you everything you need to know about individual coverage health reimbursement arrangements. Whether you're a health insurance novice or a seasoned pro, get ready to revolutionize the way you view healthcare. Welcome back to the ICRA Exclusive Podcast by Remodel Health. I'm your host, Travis Hall, with John Staub. And today, we've got a real treat in store for you. We'll be interviewing Joe Gilbert. And I've really been excited about this because Joe uh, and I have been working closely together the last several months here at Remodel Health. And he is just a wealth of knowledge. And we're going to get into his background here soon. But today, we're going to be talking about how we can embrace ICRA amidst industry shifts and really from the broker perspective. Welcome, Joe, uh, to the podcast today. Really excited for you and love to hear. Just tell everybody about you. Yeah, thanks, Travis. I appreciate the uh, opportunity to be here. So my uh, my whole career really has been health insurance. So uh, particularly in the individual health insurance and small group markets, I worked with uh, United Healthcare for um, about 14 years and then with Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield here in Indiana for uh, 13 and a half. So a lot of years of health insurance, did a couple of creative things in between with some startups, but I uh, really have a passion for uh, trying to deliver innovative solutions to the market and help people uh, really get the coverage they need to take care of themselves. Yeah, you've been really on the forefront, especially as you've been working here at Remodel Health with us and walking us through ECRA, and you're seeing this huge shift. And so, like, I would love to understand what are you seeing from the broker's perspective, like the the challenges that they're facing, especially in this market, because, I mean, you've seen it all. You've seen it from uh, large organizations. You've also seen it from the agency perspective. What what are you seeing? Yeah, I, I think, Travis, really the issue that we have in the market is... Uh, is health insurance rates keep going up, right? Trends are expensive. Health insurance is expensive. And, uh, you know, large employers are looking for innovative solutions to help them keep the cost down. And uh, innovation's funny. When you talk about innovation and health insurance, uh, there really hasn't been a ton. I mean, there was right. the health savings accounts came out, and I was fortunate to be part of a company that introduced those. Uh, we've seen some different ways with how you finance health insurance through some MIWAs and some different techniques. But innovation is something that I think the market's really demanding because the rate increases are just not sustainable. Groups can't keep paying, you know, 12, 15, 20% rate increases and and make it when they have so many other costs and so many other demands uh, in today's economy that that really require them to be successful. Yeah, I, I wanted to add in something. This is John over here at Remodel. Great to be back on the podcast as well. And, and thanks, Joe, for for being our guest. So you, you mentioned small groups. You also mentioned large groups as well as a bunch of really awesome uh, fancy broker speak and everything as well. So thanks for that. Um, small groups versus large groups. A lot of times when people click play on this podcast, they're immediately only thinking of small group. So define what, you know, in your experience, what's the difference between small group and large group? And then talk about how you're seeing large groups even help with it as well. Yeah, great question. And, uh, you know, I think the, the thing in, in our world is small groups, typically two to 50 employees, or really two to 50 uh, is kind of the common definition. And that does include seasonal and part-time. Yeah. So that definition kind of went to the federal definition in 2015. Great. So 50 or less total employees, part-time, seasonal, and count. And uh, the reason that 50 is kind of an important uh, sign for small group, where large groups 51 plus, is because the 50 are protected by the ACA. So if you're a high-risk group, large claims, and you're less than 50, you've got the backstop of the ACA with guaranteed issue community rates, 
uh, whereas large groups don't have that. Mm. So if you're a large group with more than 50 total employees and you have really big rate increases, you don't really have a fallback position. Yeah, You have to kind of come up with a creative solution, which is why Icarus and Denver Model Health have been uh, really at the forefront in a great position. Yeah. And going back to those large groups, talk about the struggles those large groups have had, because obviously they've had the ALE mandate on them. So they have to participate in their group's health insurance, which then forces them to be kind of stuck into a couple different options. What happens with large groups, especially once they get into being medically underwritten and those sorts of problems that you've seen over the last, you know, 10 years or so? Yeah, you know, usually uh, large groups are um, really pretty, pretty stable with their rates. And I think in my career, I've seen large groups really have pretty moderate rate increases. They've done some things to try to keep the rate increases below trend, which is uh, kind of predicted to be about uh, 12% a year. Okay. Uh, so they've done stuff to to get lower than the trend, but this last couple of years, we've seen large group increases take really huge hits. And when I say huge hits, I'm talking 20, 30, 40% rate increases or higher. Wow. And if you're a large group and you're paying 800,000 or you know, a million dollars in premium and you get a 60% rate increase, that's real money. Yeah, and that hurts. That. Yeah, you can't sustain huh. it. It hurts. And then if you had one the last year, uh, it leads to a cycle, right? The next part of the cycle is they're struggling to hit participation requirements. Okay. So then when the rates go up, the employees are like, hey, I don't want to pay for this. And that's just due to the employer not being able to help more with the cost of the premium. Yeah. And they don't have a backstop. So they, as long as, you know, large groups, anything over 50 is underwritten. So if it's underwritten, they're going to look at the claims and they're going to look at the risk information and that's how they're going to base that rate. So there's no backstop. There's no ACA guaranteed issue type uh, alternative for them. Yeah. Right. So shifting a little bit. So how does how does the broker take a look at this and say, hey, man, you know what? I've got some of these large groups out here. I've gotten these rate increases. This last year was a struggle. And how do, how do they should they look at ICRA and how they can send this to the customer or or show the customer this is a viable option for them? Yeah, Travis, I mean, they get it on the head. The, um, you know, the brokers really have a requirement to try to help their clients solve these problems. And so brokers are looking for innovative solutions, like I said. And there's there's some innovation in the market, but uh, ICRAs really represent a different model that's really a perfect solution. So if you have large rate increases, uh, if you have high risk in your group, you've got cancer, hemophiliacs, things that are really tough to manage, and those are underwritten, when you go to um, an ICRA, you don't have those issues. And so what we're seeing now, you know, the cases that I'm on and the, the proposals I'm giving to groups is an enormous difference between an individual ACA rate versus a group rate. And so um, from a broker, you almost have an obligation to show your clients, hey, here's what an ICRA alternative looks like. Because if you don't show it to them, somebody else is. Yeah, and we're other, seeing that pop up all over the place, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. There are a, lot of, a lot of brokers we're work, working with are stealing cases, mm -hmm. you know, because their incumbent broker, it's just not showing it to them. And so as I've told my broker friends, hey, you at least need to look at this for your group, especially ones that have a pretty high... Uh, rate increase, have some risk within their group. You've got to at least show an ICRA. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are you suggesting that everyone should run every group? If, if it, there's a broker listening, which we know we have plenty of them that do listen, what's the order you prioritize introducing an ICRA to clients? Because, you know, if you have a large book of business, you're, you want to be cautious on maintaining the integrity of your book. But you also don't want to lose to, you know, the cool guy down the road that's got the new shiny thing. So how, how do you keep business, 
test the waters, what which order would you prioritize your book if you're going to run some ICRA analysis? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing I tell my broker friends is, hey, make sure your clients know you have access to an ICRA and you've got a great partner with Remodel Health being uh, who I would recommend. But the um, the other part of it, too, is it's not for every group. So it is for a subset. So it's the groups that are having the really high rate increases. It's the groups that are failing or are struggling to meet the participation requirements. And it's groups that have, like I said, the, the high conditions. But also there's a certain premium level. Like if you look at their individual employee-only premium, each state has kind of a threshold where if you're above that, the ICRA is a no-brainer. Like when we see a census come in, if we see that data, we know the second we see that, hey, this is going to be a winner for an ICRA. And then there's some cases, you know, I had one today come in that the premiums were pretty low. So that's not going to be a great fit for an ICRA. So it is really, like I said, uh, a very targeted solution. But as the difference has become between the group rates and the individual rates, as group rates keep going up, individual rates have held really steady over the last couple of years. Uh, there's going to be more and more opportunity. So as we have brokers that bring in a census or are just evaluating their group, they they bring maybe us a census or, or someone else, but they see that ICRA is supposed to work well, but they, they're still nervous, especially if it's their first group, they're bringing them in, maybe it's representing a large piece of, of their regular income. Um, let's talk about the hesitancies that brokers have to change. Obviously, there's a lot of innovations that have supposedly helped over these past years that have fallen short, you know. I believe ICRA is different, but I haven't been in this space as long as so many of these amazing brokers have. So talk about the way that you've seen brokers process through their hesitancies into seeing some of the biggest wins that we have this year. Yeah, thanks, John. I think you just called me old in that too. So I think that's good. <laughs> but I think uh, I think what I would say with that though is you're exactly right. Like, so it's different, right? And so brokers you know, and they're, and they're in a situation in front of a client, they're very hesitant to offer a different solution. So ICRAs are new. The legislation just went through a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the important parts about what we've done here at Remodels. We've really partnered with the brokers to help them make those presentations. So to go in and say, hey, we're the expert, we'll answer all the questions. I think the brokers are really good at giving the top line, you know, 30,000 foot view of, hey, here's what an ICRA, here's why it's great, uh, where we come in and answer the questions and kind of help them with the details of it. And there's a couple of really easy ways to do it, but ultimately you're changing the whole concept on how you're funding uh, health insurance. So, you know, instead of the employer really taking the responsibility and setting the budget and coming up with the plans and, and saying, hey, all, you know, all employees, these are two or three plans that are going to work, uh, you know, they're, we're just giving them a budget. So the, the employer is just establishing saying, hey, each employee is going to get a budget, which we help them figure out how to do that strategically. And then the employees are basically choosing the option that's best for them based on their situation. So it's an awesome no-brainer once you kind of understand the concept. People love it. Employees love it. It's just different. And uh, and I think sometimes in the health insurance market, people are a little hesitant to offer different solutions because their reputation's on the excuse me their reputation's on the line. And uh, with their reputation being on the line, um, you know they want to make sure it's an optimal solution. Joe, kind of what's what's been the response for brokers that you've been seeing here in the market? Because, you know, th there's obviously been some resistance, but we're also seeing ICRA taking off in the market. But walk me through why that why that hesitancy? What are you what are you seeing here? Yeah, I'm kind of seeing two camps with uh, with how the brokers are working with the ICRA. So one camp is the brokers looking for innovative solutions that are trying to obtain new cases. So the hunters out there and the hunters are saying, hey, this is new. This is different for groups that are with fall within a specific uh, criteria like we talked about 
hey, I can open up the door and get in there and talk to them. So that's one camp. And I've seen them uh, be really, really successful with that. We've seen a lot of wins. And then the other camp is the people that uh, are research, researching, the, you know, the employers are researching different solutions and coming to the broker and saying, hey, I've researched this. I was on a call with Remodel Health. Uh, we have a proposal. Uh, why haven't you brought this to me? Right. And right. and we've we've seen a lot of those cases and it can get a little awkward where, um, you know, the brokers are basically being pulled into the room because the employer is looking for different solutions. I remember we were on a case and this one uh, employer was you know, with a broker and we were making our pitch. And, um, you know, the employer is like, hey, why haven't you shown this to me before? Like we've been in this situation for years. We've been paying way too much for health insurance. We haven't had any good solutions. Where have you been? And I kind of felt bad and we're like, well, we're here now, you know, with the broker <laughs> right. who's our friend. We're going to save you money now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. There's nothing we can do about the future, <laughs> about the past, but in the future, it's a great solution. And so I think the thing I would tell the brokers is you need to be aware of, of ICRAs. You need to see the benefits. You need to understand which clients it fits for, and you need to find a good partner. And a good partner is, a, you know, an area where I think Remodel really excels. But uh, I think that is an important part of it. Brokers have loved it. We've had a lot of success and they've been really excited because they're offering a solution to groups that, um, you know, haven't really had a good solution. They yeah. just had to eat those rate increases. Yeah. You, know, you touched on something about like well, the, that consultative approach on like being a good partner. What's a good partner in, for a broker in the ICRA space? Yeah, no, I think a, a good partner in the ICRA space is, um, you know, somebody that really understands the concept and can kind of, you know, communicate to the employer, the concept, and then, um, help them really differentiate what different ICRA carriers are out there and why, you know, the benefits and the pros and cons of each of the ones. So to me, that's an important part of it is that the broker uh, knows the space, knows who the competitors are, and is able to make good recommendations and lead an employer through that process because it's different. And the change management's part of it. And so change management means, hey, I've done traditional insurance for the last 20 years. I'm going to change directions and go with an ICRA. And I want to make sure my employees know what's going on. And then I build morale and everybody kind of understands that this is actually going to be a better concept for them and actually save them money uh, as well as the employer. So it's it's kind of a win-win. Um, and, and I think brokers, like I said, have to be able to be aware of the different solutions, the differences to be able to partner through it. Yeah, I like what you said earlier. You're like, hey, some of the brokers bring this to, to groups in order to win business. Walk us through just a little bit more detail on like how how do they introduce you're like, hey, I've got this really new concept. My past your other broker's not sharing this, but this is brand new. Well, I mean, the employers are not afraid to share their their frustration with health insurance. I don't think you walk into one employer and says, I love spending premium dollars on health insurance. <laughs> you know, those words have never been said before. So only by you right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, the employers and it's real money. Like I said, you start to see these rate increases go up, even if it's going up five, 10% a year, when you're paying a million dollars, it's real money. Yeah. And would they rather spend that money on health insurance, which is important because they want to take care of their employees and they want to hire uh, you know, it's a tough market to hire, right? So they want to hire the absolute best talent. So they need these benefits to be good, but at the same time, Hey, they've got to run their business. And, uh, that's kind of where this, this ICRA becomes just an alternate, different way of thinking about it. that can really help, um, this employer. So, uh, to me, that's kind of how it, how it fits in. Yeah, Joe. So what are the indicators of groups that would be a good candidate to run an analysis? I know you briefly answered that earlier. But for brokers who are listening and interested in the concept of learning themselves and learning in the context of one of their own groups that they're writing right now, uh, who should they pick? Should it be bigger? Because you're going to have, you know, 
Is there a bigger impact as they get bigger? Is smaller better, more unhealthy, bigger increase? Like, What would you say is the best first group for them to bring forward? Yeah, I mean, the, the optimal groups are really groups that are above 50. And the reason for that is you don't have that ACA backdrop. So above 50 with that are experiencing large rate increase. So the rate increases are usually made up of, of four factors. Uh, first factor is going to be the trend increase, so how that overall block's performing, or if they're self-funded, how they're performing. Uh, second one's going to be their risk, right? So what the risk profile looks like from an underwriting process. So, hey, if they had a lot of high claims, they got some high claimants, then they'll get an additional um, you know, increase for the risk. Then you've got demographic changes, and you've got like any changes of the plan design. So the, it's those first two factors. So if you're having a high trend and if you're having high um, risk based on the, the healthier group, those are the ones that are the ICRA. So I would say over 50, uh, definitely a criteria that, that works, although it goes lower than that. I mean, don't we sold, I think the smallest one we probably sold this year, I think we had some six life groups that we sold. Yeah. So it goes lower. Right. But, um, you know, if you're saying what's the optimal group, it's the larger ones. And I think the reason for that is they're spending more money. Yeah. They're more vested in saying, hey, I need to come up with a better solution. Yeah. And they, like I said, they don't have the ACA backdrop. So that uh, high risk um, claimants, if they have cancers and uh, hemophilia and, you know, you name it as far as major claims going through that are kind of con- uh, chronic conditions, uh, another ideal fit. And uh, and then some of it's going to be, um, you know, different demographics, too. I will say, you know, some states have had much higher rate increases than other states. So there's some state factors in it, too. So some state markets may look at us and be like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. Um, whereas other states are like, yeah, we get it. Yeah. And some of it's going to be how, you know, some of the major carriers, uh, how they price their products during COVID. So some people, when the when the elective surgeries went down, uh, a lot of the carriers took rate decreases to um, you know, to be more competitive and gather more business. And sure. I don't know if they thought it was going to go away, but it's a little bit like a whack-a-mole. If you, if the, if the claims go down now, they're going to come up later, like a tsunami, right? When the water sure. pulls away from the beach. <laughs> oh, that's great. No, it's not great. Like watch out because a big wave's coming. And I think that's what's happened uh, in several states where we're seeing these carriers react to the big wave coming in yeah, uh, of claims. Kaiser Family Foundation just released their 2023 employer survey uh, they've been doing this since 1999. If you have not looked it up, if you're listening right now, make sure and give them a follow. We have no uh, direct affiliation with them other than just a learning resource. So please go to uh, kff.org is a wonderful resource. Their 2023 survey showed an abnormal jump in claims for both self-insured and fully insured underwritten plans. And so I, you know, I have it up right in front of me right now. Interestingly enough, self-funded plans actually had a bigger spike even than the fully underwritten, uh, fully insured plans. But both were above average increase from 2022 to 2023. So this is all confirming exactly what you're saying there, Joe. Um, so you're you are suggesting though, the higher the rate increase, you've got to get somebody in the door to start running these numbers now to see if there's viability. Is that what I'm? Yeah, thinking? I mean the more the more pain the employer has, absolutely, sure. Because the employer is going to make a change; they're not just going to keep writing the check. And we have found, you know, today's world, there's information everywhere. So they're going out and they're they're looking they're looking at the you know Kaiser Family Foundation also. So yeah. this isn't private information. There's nothing no. secret. No. So they're looking for alternate solutions. And if the broker's not bringing it to them, it could be a problem. Yeah. And we've had that happen where people say, "Hey, we want an ICRA," 
and the, the brokers have been late or another broker will come in with an ICRA solution. And it's just an awkward situation. For a everybody. bit awkward. Yeah, for sure. Weird, yeah. You, you want to be the person with the solution, not the person saying, react oh, yeah, I can also do that. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to react to it. You want to drive it and you want to recommend it and, and lead your groups uh, through the process, not have to react to it. And that's ultimately the way employers view the brokers. They, they know they're the trusted advisor and leader in this space. And if, if the broker doesn't suggest it first and then they find out later that that can look less trustworthy on saying wait you said you knew this and now it might help me um i i i like the idea of advising on other solutions even if it's not going to be a great fit as you mentioned it's not a great fit for everybody being the first one to bring it forward is, is going to be great so i think that answers my question on the indicators for groups that are great candidates i appreciate that anything more to add on to you know if, if you have a hundred groups you're writing you know other than high rate increases anyone else that you would put at the front of of who's going to get the first analysis you know the other thing we look at is what the employee rate is so if the employee rates over a certain number and it's going to depend a little bit state by state but let's say the employee only rate is above like $500 or $600 in some states the ICRA always wins mm. 100% of the time it's wow. a much better solution okay. so uh, that's always an easy indicator if you're looking at your if you're looking at your uh, renewal and you see that employee only rate and if it's above that number uh call us quick because if you're not somebody else is going to know somebody else is going to get in there and try to take advantage of that opportunity Joe, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Boy, this has been a wealth of information. We're going to have to have you back on because yeah, this yeah. this has been amazing uh, just to hear about the industry and how well like ICRA has been taking off and especially behind the scenes a little bit uh, as we look at uh, how brokers can interact with ICRA. So thank you so much. Uh, this has been the ICRA exclusive podcast. Thanks for listening. For more information about ICRA, visit remodelhealth.com.